0: Hello and welcome to the Points of Brew podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Points of Brew podcast with me, Stephen Carter. And this week I'm joined by Steve from Three Hills Brewing. How are you doing, mate? You okay? I'm very well. Yourself? Yeah, I'm not too bad, mate. Not too bad. A uh, bit bit tired and bleary-eyed this morning, but apart from that, I'm all good. I'm all good. So thank you. Uh, thank you very much for joining me, mate. I, uh, I do appreciate it. It was... Uh, and coming on an on a early doors on a Saturday as well, taking the time out to do it, I appreciate it. No problem at all. Cool. And um, so, yeah. So, uh, tell us a bit about yourself, Steve. Then, so we'll we'll jump jump straight in. Um, how did you come to be at Three Hills? Tell us tell us a bit about yourself and how you came to, to, uh, came to be there.
1: Okay. So, um, I've been a home brewer uh, pretty much since it it you know it was of legal age um so I was always interested in, in beer and brewing and uh probably about hmm, I can't think COVID's messed my time frame up now but it's got to be about <laughs> uh I want to say four years ago something like that uh, I okay. was down my local bottle shop um just having a beer at the barge chatting to the owner and uh a delivery came in and he mm-hmm. said to me, "Oh, if you tried this this brewery, Three Hills, then you, um, you should try the stuff. It's good." Well, I said, "Okay." I uh, bought a few bottles and took them home, and uh, yeah, it was good. Um, and then I noticed uh, a couple of months later he was having a meet the brewer, and I remembered I tried this beer, and I thought oh, I should go to that. Uh, mm-hmm. So I went. I met Andy. Um, we got chatting, um, and he was like, "We should we should do a brew. Come down to the brewery, and we'll, we'll do a brew." And it kind of just snowballed from there. I just ended up going to the brewery regularly, uh, helping out. uh, And then one day Mm. just turned around and said, do you want a job? Uh, Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So it kind of just kind of fell into it, uh, you know, a chance meeting at my local bottle shop, which is uh, Mm. amazing, really, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: No, that's cool. And I think a lot of these things sort of happen that, like you say, as an off chance or, you know, just as an occasion that you're not expecting. And a lot of times it's sort of, who you know not necessarily what you know obviously you you're as your home brewing but in, in terms of just landing that there if, if you didn't have gone to the bottle shop at that sort of particular time potentially you wouldn't have ended up with that opportunity would exactly you, so? yeah
1: exactly so, and uh yeah so you know you've you got to you know in, you know support your local bottle shops because uh, you never know what's going to happen
0: well well i mean it's kind of the same story with me, really because i i was outside of sort of the beer world before i ended up working at my bottle shop now that i work at Yorkshire craft beers but i only got to know james the owner from going there shopping there talking to him and then he wanted to sort of grow and expand the shop and then i got made redundant due to covid last year and then off the back of me going there and getting to know him then he, he said Do you want to come and sort of work down here with me so and that that's that's where i am now so it's it's much of the sort of a similar nature isn't it really it is it is
1: yeah yes
0: so what were you what were you doing before then were you <sighs> so i know you were homebrewing, but were you involved in beer in any way shape or form no or...
1: not in any kind of commercial sense no i've done a, a few different jobs I, I originally trained to be a quantity surveyor uh, and then i worked mm. in mental health for a bit um you know they were they're they all all nice jobs but not what i really wanted to do uh, yeah you know and then uh yeah obviously the opportunity with andy came along um mm. yeah and four years later whatever it is uh here we are yeah um so uh my role at three hills is i'm the uh, head brewer and uh production manager. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah so i oversee uh basically all the beers uh I'm dead I'm everything running. yeah everything Basically, <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm quite lucky though i have an awesome team um yeah and, we, and uh we've, we've recently expanded down to london um mm. so yeah things are going all right you know, as, yeah you know as well as can be expected with covid you know i can't complain yeah.
0: good 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 and, and what sort of size kit are you are you on but the minute then
1: so our kit is tiny um we mm-hmm. have a uh 200 liter brew house um okay and we turn that three times a day to fill a 600 liter tank um mm-hmm. so like six hectolitre uh, i don't know what that is in brewers barrels um yeah quite small um mm-hmm. yeah so when we're uh we have we have less fermenters now because we've got a big canning machine but uh at the most we had uh 12 fermenters there uh so we would right. basically bring three times a day, seven days a week. Uh, it was madness.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> small 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 kit, but a, sort of a, a large scale operation almost
1: yeah, yeah, it definitely felt like it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um
1: but now we have we have um the, the tap room um place in Bermondsey. we've got much more capacity there because it's a ten hectolitre kit. Um mm. and we can double batch and that's twenty hectoliter as well. So uh it's made things a little bit easier.
0: Yeah, yeah. So obviously COVID permitting, like you were saying, have you found yourself that you've been brewing as often, more often, less often at the minute? What what's, what, what sort of impact has that had on your, on your schedule? Definitely less often.
1: Oh, this is a tricky one. So I'm definitely br- turning the brew house less often, but mm. because we have London, we can produce more. So it's actually given us a little bit of breathing space. Um, okay. Production is definitely down. I think everybody's feeling a bit of a downturn, but it's... Mm. Uh, you know, it's not like we stopped or anything like this. We're quite lucky. We have a canning machine. We can put a lot of our product into small pack, but um, mm-hmm. our cask beer is completely dead. Um, you know, there's yeah. nowhere to sell it to. Um, you know, we're not doing very much in keg at the moment. Um, mm. But no, small pack, small pack is good. I um, said so we're one of the lucky ones that can do that. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, this is it. A lot of them have sort of, a lot of breweries are struggling because obviously they don't have the facility to do small pack or canning. It's, you know, they're relying on external companies to do the, the canning for them, which they're just, a lot of them have bottlenecked now because of the demand, haven't they? So yes. you're quite fortunate that you can you can do it on site, aren't yes.
1: you? Yes, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: yeah, and I think one of the things that I've sort of realised from speaking to people at breweries is that obviously keg and cask is not as laborious as can and bottle. And, you know, so I know those that have got or aim for that sort of mass production of those to go authentic to can and bottle is just a completely different ball game and probably a bit more challenging as a result, isn't it? Absolutely.
1: It's, it's very, very different from a production point of view. Um, many different factors you need to consider. Um, yeah, it's, it's a very different ball game, um, especially mm. if you're not geared up towards that. It, the The change can be you know, quite dramatic. Uh, you know, it's quite a steep learning curve, particularly if you're, you know, you're trying to run a, a bottling machine or a canning machine compared to filling kegs or casks.
0: Mm yeah yeah and it's you know there's even even big breweries out there you know i think i mentioned it on the last episode with the uh, jt from s43 is like um timmy taylor's you know they, they've pretty much shrank down massively because obviously they're pretty much an all cask brewer yeah. yeah they're selling bottles but now they've you know different sort of s- scales from you to them but even they're sort of having you know, they've felt a massive impact on there so it's no one's been uh invulnerable from this i think unfortunately no and
1: you know it's it's a small concern of mine that i think we we're going to end up losing some some great beers to this um you know and uh i think cask beer will recover from it when the pubs eventually do open um Mm. but yeah it's probably going to be very different um we're going to see a different offering which uh we'll see i guess we'll see
0: yeah well it's it's, i think everything's going to be different from now on and i think I think personally, there's been a massive shift from my point of view of people going from drinking the big commercial stuff now to the smaller craft breweries, independents like yourself. You know, we've had loads of people, even since I've been at the shop, come from lockdown of drinking mass-produced stuff to, I've stumbled across the craft stuff in the supermarket or through beer 52 or whatever it may be, then come into our shop and then I want to try something different. And their mindset has Obviously, with the same with shopping, with people not wanting to just throw money away with Amazon, shopping at small local independent businesses and green grocers, butchers, etc. I think that's also happened with beer as well. Which, I, like you say, there will be a recovery, but I think there'll be a recovery that's shifting more towards people like yourselves and breweries like yourselves, as opposed to the the bigger bigger companies. I think they're going to feel a massive dent in their sort of usual pub pub goers that have changed and found something different now
1: yeah we we, we've seen that too and we were quite late opening our online shop because we initially wanted to support our our retail customers um Mm. so we only put a a small proportion of our our stock through our online shop but um we've had people say to us you know um we know we want to support you guys we don't really want to support these big companies um it's definitely that feeling you described and people are wanting to try and help locally which is great
0: yeah oh 100% mate 100% and it's 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 fantastic how sort of well supported we at the shop are because of you guys supporting us and vice versa and them coming in to buy beer from from breweries like yourself and and we um a couple of myself and a couple of friends bought the um the the tasting pack from yourselves just cuz we I mean I'm I'm i sucker for glassware mate I'm not going <laughs> to lie and that 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 stemmed the glass I was just like I have to buy this pack just based on that glass alone um but yeah but that that tasting pack which you six or seven beers at 30, I mean we had a discount so it came out about 32 quid which I thought was a bargain including that glass i thought it was an absolute bargain so i'm not surprised that you've seen a, a like a sort of an increase in demand and a lot of support on the website so i'm i'm not surprised at all mate so um on that note um you guys call or label yourselves as experimental so what drives those experiments and who drives them and and what's the what's the story and and reasoning behind those oh uh,
1: (laughs) um i've used the word reasoning i don't know about that um
0: (laughs) uh, it just happens (laughs)
1: um so uh so obviously when andy started initially um he he learned to brew in china um and Hmm. uh he came over here and he bought some of the ideas with the, the local cuisine and things. So there was already okay. that kind of initial seed of experimentation um, before I joined, you know, he want to use a little bit more unusual ingredients in there, but also produce, you know, high quality beers. Um, mm-hmm. And then I think that's one of the things that interested me when we were talking and, and you know, um, getting to know each other was, uh, you know, cause I was a home brewer and obviously I was also interested in, in being a little bit more experimental. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And then we were kind of fortunate because the, the kit is such a small scale; we can be, you know, a little bit more experimental, um, mm. you know, because i'm not trying to brew like a million liters of beer, and I'm going to spike it with something yeah. that no one's going to like, um, you know. Uh, so, so you know, we have that um, that edge, I guess, that we can do that. Um, so mm. we we just take a lot of influence from, you know, food, um, you know, what, what other people are up to, um, you know, uh, travel, you know. Um, we're just trying to create. Uh, interesting things that we like and uh things we hope mm. other people will like um always looking to see what um what's even interesting out there um yeah uh we we've we've partnered with uh a, a gin company before so we took some influence from there we made a, a bunch of saisons with um you know like gin botanicals things like that um okay we've got barrel projects going on with wild cultures um uh, we've experimented with mm. uh non-saccharomyces yeast strains um partly purely out of curiosity and you know Mm. um also just uh trying to why why not not? yeah exactly
0: (laughs) (laughs) what else is there to do at the minute especially
1: that's it that's it and uh, you you can get so many so many more interesting things than just your basic bland beer and you know uh hops are obviously a major component of beer and everybody loves hops Mm. um but there's so many other things you can do as well you know spices fruits um you know like i said different yeast strains different bacteria that all lend interesting yeah. notes to bear.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is the thing: is it's it's almost even like you say with hops alone, the sort of the combination is almost infinite. But then other things that you can chuck in there as well just adds to it. But it's good that it's a tricky thing that I always say: is that it's nice when things are different, but they're not different just because they want to be different. Do you know, what I mean, it's nice to do if it complements it, and like you say, it makes something that's a, a a genuine sort of different and good end product. And it's good that we have these options that you can chuck, like you say, some gin botanicals in some saisons or experiment with yeast and if it gives them sort of different flavours, it's it it kind of breaks up the monotony of what is at the minute, just a lot of sort of like New England ipas and sort of thick and juicy beers yeah
1: yeah um we're also uh i mean i guess our size is part of our constraint as well um so initially Mm. we didn't have any hop contracts so we could only kind of buy what someone had to sell um so if there was if there was no citra there was no citra you're not getting any our size Mm. um so you know you're forced to be a little bit more experimental then uh, if you want to add some more interesting flavors um so that kind of forced the hand a bit as well but in a good way um
0: yeah 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 like you say it's 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 I suppose it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Really. So, um, so yeah, it's it's the year limitation is also a sort of a, a sort of another string to your bow, I suppose. So, um, do you what what do you do with your yeast culture? Do you sort of have your own, or do you have you got your own sort of yeast culture? Do you have a house culture? Not or... at the
1: moment. That is that is the aim. Um, I was mm. over in um, San Diego, beginning of 2020, um, at White Labs. Um, they were they were running a course on um, like uh, running a lab and and growing yeast and things um so we've done some experiments with various um different yeast strains we went over there to gain some more knowledge um so you know we did did some propagation but we're mostly just buying small pitches growing them up at the moment um Mm. we do have a a continuously continuous fermentation running at the moment uh like like a sort of solera um which Mm. i guess we could Probably say as our own culture now. Maybe I mean, it's been going a while now, so um, it's it's definitely transformed into its own thing. Um, mm. But yeah, no no particular house strain yet. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. We mostly just blend yeasts
1: um, to get what we want. Yeah
0: yeah yeah it's 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 for sort of an outside in perspective when i sort of spoke to people it's a it's a sort of tricky a tricky thing to master isn't it that's the problem it's almost needs constant babysitting and monitoring doesn't it, it?
1: definitely definitely um yeah there's definitely an art to to managing your yeast um yeah and then hats off to people that do a really good job of that because it is very difficult and it you know is it is a it's, a it's its own organism you know sometimes it's not going to do what mm. you want it to do
0: Uh, no matter what what you try yeah 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 Yeah, well that's it and and this is the thing it's like say it's a living thing and there's a lot of a lot of science that goes into into the brewing a lot of people sort of don't understand it's not if you boil it down it is just well chuck this in but there's a lot of science and understanding behind that in terms of why things do what they do and what temperatures and different many different things isn't there yeah i think a lot of people don't understand yeah
1: um you know you you can go as as, you you can you can make a beer very easily um with with next to no knowledge of science but the the deeper you dive into science Mm. you know the the more complex you can create the beer you can make it do more or less exactly what you want it you know if you want it to be thinner or or thicker or you want this kind of um you know phenolic uh flavor from a yeast strain things um you know then you have to start looking at the science your phs and your enzymes and and so on um and that's the stuff that really interests us um you know, try to really manipulate the best out of our ingredients.
0: Yeah, 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 definitely. And I think I think that's sort of the thing that interests me as well is that once you kind of tumble down that rabbit hole, it's kind of, again, it's just an infinite thing that once you've learned about different things, it's like, oh, well, you could do that and you could do this and you could do this. And it's sort of that understanding that I think even if you're not brewing, but if you're just drinking, I think sort of a a basic understanding of that allows you to appreciate the the beer that you're drinking a little bit more absolutely as well. yeah uh
1: i think um it definitely helps people make more informed choices about what they're drinking i think also that is driving this more um this local market because it's not just you know somebody's pushing a button on a machine and it's it's making you know a million or something um you know it mm. is more handcrafted there is more more care and science kind of gone into it um yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. I would, its its funny. Because I was talking to somebody in the shop the other day. The um, the said Greg Wallace inside the factory. I think the—I think he went to the Carling. Oh, All right. Okay. Um, and they—they were saying about how it's sort of, um, you know, it's not brewing, although you know, quote unquote brewing. But how they manage to produce on such a scale is just ridiculous. You know, it's like I say it's not brewing like you guys do, and obviously there's no art to it. Like I say it's a few guys pushing a button, but. If if anyone watches it, it's quite interesting how they deal do with absolutely it. But yeah, it's to, complete opposite ends of the yeah. No, I have spectrum. to
1: admire that. You know the, the the consistency they managed to get out of their ingredients to produce. You know the same thing at such a scale. Uh, that is obviously also requiring a high level of technical ability and science and. Um, no, because everything we use in brewing is uh, is obviously from the natural world so every um every yeah. you know uh harvest the grain is slightly different you might get slightly more or less sugar you know mm. slightly different color because depending on what the malts has done to it the hops might be slightly more bitter this year or you know not quite as citrusy mm. and you know um so to get that consistency is is, is very difficult um and also you yeah. know at the other end of the scale our end of the scale also makes our life difficult also um
0: <laughs> oh, 100 percent. Like you said, from the like every every hop, you know, crop of hop will be slightly different. Like you say, yes, you get getting Citra, but it because it is like say, it's affected by the yep. climate, the weather, temperature, everything. That it's yes, it's Citra, but it might not be yep. as floral or aromatic or flavorful as last year's or more so. And then obviously that sort of tips the scales ever so slightly again to well, you might need to adjust the the recipe then, of yeah. you? So yeah, so I mean, I, I was talking to. Um, I know Mark over at Horse, and he he's he's brewed one of his beers that he always does with citra, and he, he's sure that the batch of citra that he's had this year is different. He's, he's either different or his his taste have changed, and he can't decide which is which. But he's is going with is going with he thinks the batch is different at the moment. But but again, that's another thing, is it? People's tastes change. They do. And, you know your 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 taste as a brewer will change, so then that obviously that again that influences what you want to do and how you'll do it that's it and
1: and and um you know the the hot product that you have in your hand that you receive um undergoes obviously various changes during the the brewing process so uh mm. if you're even if your hop is exactly the same, but you, perhaps your uh, your water profile is slightly different, then you're gonna have a slightly different end product, and you might think that the hop's changed but it might be water um and as as more microbreweries, obviously we don't have millions of pounds to spend on very sophisticated lab equipment to give us the answers
0: <laughs> yeah yeah, it's all guesswork mate it's all educated it. guesses it is this brewing lark. <laughs> lovely right well I think we'll take a short pause there for now mate and then we'll uh, we'll come back and we'll uh, talk about the brewery itself a bit more and we'll pack uh, we'll okay. on from there right so welcome back from a short break so Steve, one of the questions that I had lined up for you today is that I mentioned earlier you've, online shop, you've got a Sabro pack which I stupidly didn't see before I added the tasting pack. I love Sabro. Why do you guys clearly love it and put it in your Sabro pack and how is it to work with from a, a brewing perspective?
1: So, uh, Sabro, Sabro is an interesting one. Um, personally, uh, I, I like Sabro, but I there is something I don't like about Sabro. Um, <laughs> so the reason we did a lot of experiments with Sabro was, so um, we discovered the Sabro hop. Um, we'd uh, been looking at some, some of the Neo-Mexicanus varieties of hops and trying to trying to get hold of some and think, what can we do with these hops? And then um, we saw that Sabro was, uh, was uh, I think it's one of its parentages of the Neo-Mexicanus variety. And uh, so we thought, well, we'll get some of this and see what we can do. So we we, we got a bag and we opened it up and uh, we thought, okay, this is interesting. You know, lots of coconut and, and this kind of thing going on. Um And we probably brewed a, a single, single hop IPA or something. I don't remember the first beer we made with it. Um, and it was polarizing. Um So An- Andy loved it. I yeah. enjoyed it, but there was something I couldn't put my finger on. Um Same kind of vibe that I get from Sriracha Ace. Um, but we persevered and we thought, well, if we blend this with some other hops, because um, we, 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 we started to see on the, on the forums that, you know, the Sabro beers were getting out there now. More and more people were brewing with them. And we were seeing it was also quite polarizing. Some people love it. Some people yeah. hate it. And we thought, OK, so if we blend this with other hops, perhaps we can try and make a Sabro beer that everybody will like. Uh, which is you know a dangerous game trying to impress everybody. Trying to, but... trying to impress everybody, yeah. <laughs> but but we tried it anyway. Um, so we we thought about the hops that we, we love and uh, you know and, and thought about different styles of beers and basically tried to blend a few different hop varieties together with the Sabro to mm. you know showcase Sabro, but also you know influence some of the other qualities that the Sabro has. You know build up the citrus a little bit more or perhaps um, prop up the coconut. This this kind of thing um so that's kind of how we ended up with this this range of sabro beers um yeah. so you know uh, so they're all slightly different hop combinations um but they're they're similar similar bases slightly tweaked to to benefit the hops um but yeah we're, we're hoping people are enjoying them they seem to be
0: yeah yeah well i mean i had the um temporary expression of life uh this week and and i thought that was that was fantastic i mean i for me i i i can pick up sabro and anything if it's in there it's i'll I'll get it because as soon as i opened that i got the coconut straight away and that was sort of the predominant flavor that i got in there but it was really nicely balanced like say when it's used with other hops to complement it to like say to bring those sort of other citrus fruits and aromas with it i think it's such a nice hop and like last year when it sort of really became a thing shall we say sort of of last year really um like you say, it was like Sriracha Ace. It was that sort of marmite hop of you love it or you hate it. And I think when it first came, it was people find it quite challenging to work with. Because I mean I've I've only experienced it once in a beer, but I got sort of quite a soapy flavour from it once okay. in one beer that I've had with it. Yeah. But I know some people get quite sort of strong mintiness or creaminess with it, which again I've not really had. But I think that become sort of once you become more comfortable comfortable using it and mixing it with the right hop writers like you say i think that's when it sort of it comes into its own really
1: absolutely yeah it's 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 definitely a unique hop and and it, it has a uh really great aromatic potential um it's you know i'll it, be interested to see you know we were talking about obviously how citrus changing i'm interested to see if sabro changes down the years because at the moment it is so aromatic um you know it really does overpower other hops yeah um so i'd be interesting to see if it does change um but yeah we definitely got some more more experiments with sabro lined up um mm. you know see what we can do with it um uh, we'll,
0: yeah we'll keep that's always always music to my music to my ears mate as long as those sabro beers keep coming then i'm i'm happy i'm happy yeah it's um but yeah that 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 was really nice and i've got the other i've got one of the other sabro beers to have as well but i've uh, i must admit i really enjoyed that but um but that and nelson sovin i'd probably yeah. say it's probably one of my favorite hops at the moment
1: Nice. Um,
0: so I mean, I don't I don't think I've seen those two together necessarily. Not knowingly. English, so I'd be interested if somebody does put them together how how that would turn out. So so yeah, it's um it's more sort of like you say the the other sort of citrusy hops that it's used with. But nothing I don't think I've seen it with a Nelson. I must admit. Yeah,
1: no. So in in the this range of is, we're predominantly um using the the cryo format, which is uh, mm. a more um uh what's the word like uh, not condensed but uh more like a refined version of the pellet so there's yes. there's much more higher concentration of pop, hop oils in it um mm. so you get more and more of those aromatics and flavor compounds and, and less of the uh you know the uh, the woodiness and, and and that kind of business um mm. so we, we've done some experiments with um, hbc 472 which is uh, a sister hop in effect of of sabro um and that also has the same kind of coconut vibe going on, but it definitely has more more woody pininess as well. Okay. Um, so we've used that in a couple of stouts, which has been quite interesting. Uh, oh, well. But yeah, definitely yeah. this 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 family of, of hops uh, has definitely got some interesting things going on, and I'd be uh, interested to see what else comes out.
0: Yeah, well, I must admit the um, is it tell us that's the daughter hop yes. of Sabro. I I that I I just cannot get on with. I just cannot get on with Talus, which sounds really odd considering how much it'll said, bro. But to me, the beers I've had it in have just been too piney. They've been really sort of fragrant and quite overpowering with the pine. So I've, I've I've kind of knocked knocked it on the head trying Talus at the moment. But I mean, I'll give it a go. But to me, it's completely pulls apart from what from what's its parentage is definitely. Yeah. Um. um yeah, but yeah, it's 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 crazy. How, like say how how they can different, and like say this family of hops of the quite unique in a way. Out there, a lot of them
1: they are. Yes, um, yeah. We've not been able to get hands on any talus yet to try any any kind of brewing with it, so I don't know how um, it will fare in the brew house. Um, but yeah, like you said, it is very piney from from my experience.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 weird. It's weird. But coming back to a point that you just made there, Steve, which was is quite a good point actually one of the sort of things that I come across when speaking to people is the different sort of forms that hops come in, you know, t nights pellets, cryo, and yep. um, obviously the hop oils now. So sort of very, very briefly in your experience, what's, what difference do you find in terms of using those different varieties and what, what are the challenges and the benefits of using sort of each, each different type of, of hop that are the forms that it comes in?
1: Okay. I mean, so they, they all have their, um, their advantages and disadvantages. Um, so the hop as most people know is 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 the hop cone um the whole hop cone Mm -hmm. um and that's kind of had the the least refinement so it's picked off the vine it's essentially dried and then used in the brewing process um depending on your equipment is is a big factor on whether or not you can use hops or pellets or both um cones Mm -hmm. or pellets sorry um but um
0: there
1: there is definitely arguments that whole hop cones give you uh, a more rounded flavour um, because they're not as processed as pellets. Um, mm-hmm. We've done some experiments in in the brewery, and there there definitely seems to be a slight difference. But we, you know, we don't have any analytical equipment to actually confirm that with science, other than just you know sensory.
0: <laughs> it, it tastes um, different. <laughs>
1: it's only minor, but it definitely we 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 found that the whole cone citra definitely appears to have a more rounded, nuanced edge than than a pellet citra. Mm-hmm. Um, our kit um, in Woodford is, it, we can only run pellets on it, um, but the one in London, we can, we can run both. Um, mm. But then, so yeah, so you have your your, your cone. Um, and then a T90 pellet um, is kind of one of the the next stages. Um, it's essentially um, crushed up hops uh, compacted into a pellet. Um, the idea being that you can extract more from the pellet because it will be it'll more easily dissolved and the, the compounds are more easily extracted from the pellet um Mm -hmm. then you get a a bbc pellet um or a a t45 um which is essentially the same thing uh still pelletized but they've removed more of the um you know uh the woodier aspects of the actual cone itself you know so more vegetal matter has been removed you're left with more of the lupulin glands and things like that um Mm -hmm. so you tend to get more concentrated for more intense flavor um so you need to use less They tend to be to be more bitter. Um, So, from a a brewing production point of view, uh, if you're using less hops, you you're actually increasing your yield. So you're you're gaining more beer Mm. because people probably don't realise if you're doing extensive dry hopping, you lose a lot of beer to that hops because the hops absorb beer, Um, and you can't often put hops in a can. Uh, People don't like that.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm sure somebody would, but. Um, I was going to say, so you'd probably get a, a few complaints. I imagine if you did that. just a few, yeah. <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, and, and so a cryo hop is uh, essentially an even an even further refined um, version. Uh, they use um, some, I'm not entirely sure on the details, but it's some kind of sub-zero uh, process, I believe, to you know further extract more compounds um, because they have to do this in a kind of delicate way because they don't want to destroy the the, the hop compounds and. Uh, chemicals because that's what we Mm. want in the beer we want as much of that as possible to carry over and the hop compounds are very volatile um you know they they don't like extreme temperature changes they don't you know they they're very oxygen reactive um so oh you know if you expose your hops to oxygen for too long uh they're going to go very cheesy and horrible and uh you know musty very, Mm. very very quickly um yeah yeah so that's essentially the the main difference And hop oils um obviously again a further refinement essentially creating uh you know just, just distilling the hop oils so again um you know you might lose some more of the nuanced flavors of the other versions you know as you kind of increase the refinement um i've not had too much experience with hop oils um mm. so i not...
0: there seems to be quite a, a more sort of recent thing the oils don't they from what i've seen anyway yeah
1: i think so um we we tried um, one of the uh, incognito products, which is a, a, a kind of hop oil, I guess. Um, that that was quite good. Mm-hmm. Um, but Yeah, um, all these things also they, they there's definitely uh, economic benefits. You know, in terms of you you get more beer out of your tank, but also uh, if you're refining your your hops down into a smaller package, there's obviously environmental um, benefits as well because it's less to transport, mm-hmm. um, so less yeah. fuel, etc., yeah, yeah. less storage space. Um, so mm-hmm. I think we will probably see more of these things um, going forward, uh, as they, you know, uh, improve their manufacturing processes to improve the quality of the products.
0: Um, yeah, well, that's it. Like you say, that I think the end goal is that they want the end goal for you is you get more from less, and certainly from sort of a, a sales point of view, is that they you know, they they might sell more of that because they can get more out of a smaller quantity. So they might be able to get it to more people as opposed to, like you say, if you've not got, like Ellie said about hub contracts, if you can get it to more people because you've refined it so much that you can send more out, then it's it's benefiting everybody really. That's it. it. And I
1: think if they can also figure out ways to, you know, uh, extract more out of this smaller quantity, this is obviously less pressure, um, you know, on global resources like water because, you know... um, Mm -hmm beer uses an insane amount of water um throughout the whole process um so you know anything that people could do to reduce that has got to be a good thing
0: mm. no yeah 100% and there's a lot there's a lot of wastage in, along that way isn't there like you say from the in just it uses a lot of water and ticulum. you lose a lot of that <laughs> like say it gets absorbed by your, your grain bill and then your hops etc it's just there is a again one of the sort of the unseen things of the process is the wastage behind the scenes isn't it yeah i mean if you think about um
1: the process of of just the malt um from uh you know a very 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 broad brush brush idea but essentially we're using water to grow grain which then is being Mm -hmm. harvested and is being dried and then is being taken to the maltster, which is then being uh, wetted again to germinate to then malt to then be dried to come back to the brewery to for us then wet Mm -hmm. it again to make beer (laughs) yeah yeah. Um, (laughs) and uh you know this this is the way it's done, but it, it, when you start thinking about these things, is you know, it's, it's a huge amount of water and energy and resources being used.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. So, like you say, anything that you can sort of do to help recycle or sort of reduce your sort of carbon footprint almost is a, is a good thing isn't it so it's awesome. um i know i know people well i know people hate them but obviously what brew are doing up, up in scotland with their sort of wind farms and things you know trying to go carbon neutral i, I sort of applaud them for that because obviously they will have a massive output of let's like, say electric water etc yeah. but what they're doing to trying to negate that i do I do sort of applaud them for trying to do that yeah, and, and sort of trying to counteract what, what does happen. Yeah.
1: Their plans look very interesting. I see, you know, they've got all kinds of various systems for CO2 recapture and wastewater recycling and things. And, you know, you know, mm. definitely very interesting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, and, and that's, you know, they're, no, they're, they've they got the sort of the, the money and the scale to do with that, but it's good that they're sort of, they're mindful of what they are doing and uh, trying to, trying to reduce that. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that you guys you said you've obviously got the your space down in in Beermondsey Obviously, all things COVID permitting, you would obviously hope to open that this year. Yep. Um, but what's what sort of plans have you got for this year? Sort of as as I say, quote unquote plans as best you can, <laughs> um, COVID COVID permitting. If COVID eases, if it if it carries on, as it is what what does this this year sort of look for you guys at the moment? It's it's,
1: it's a tricky one. Um, we're yeah, it's really difficult to plan, like you said, because of COVID. Um, so, mm. you know, in an ideal world, the tap room would be open and, you know, everybody would go on our business and then so we can just, you know, carry on as normal. But that's not the world we're living in right now. But, um, mm. you know, we'll, we'll get the tap room as ready as we can. And if it opens, it opens. If it doesn't, it doesn't um, because the, the tap room is also in the brewery. So the brewery can continue. Um, yeah. So we'll just uh, continue what we're doing, really, um, you know, experimenting, refining what we're doing. Um you know um we've got some new staff that we've taken on in the last few months so you know I can additionally train those up um it's just going to be kind of just you know keeping the business running but uh in, improving what we're trying to do um yeah. use this time you know as a little bit of a breather to kind of assess where we are where we want to be you know we can we can do some future planning um the the garage where we brew is very small um so, you know, at some point we're gonna to have to move out of there so we can we can be thinking about this plan. Um
0: mm.
1: yeah, it's it's just really hard to nail anything down right now.
0: Yeah, it's, it's tricky, isn't it? it? that's also a sort of quote unquote plan, but we're the same at the shop, is that we we'd want to normally host a festival and have tasting events and you know, other other bits and pieces, but we we just we just can't, can you? You know, because we, who knows when things are gonna go back to normal-ish because it's not going to go back to fully normal is it by any stretch of the imagination but are we going to have a summer that was similar to last year that we can at least go out in a limited capacity obviously booking tables and limiting people we can come into contact with etc because I think that was the sort of the the real saving grace of sort of the end of the lockdown last year wasn't it that sort of August September into sort of early October time that we that we had some relative freedom so even if it is just that, hopefully, we sort of from your perspective and other businesses and tap rooms and restaurants that um, that we can have some sort of freedom, really, because it's it's horrible at minute. isn't it, let's it's, be fair. Yeah, so. it's
1: it's difficult. It's difficult. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's going to have a long-lasting effect on on people way beyond. You know, even even when you know, say, everyone's vaccinated and we're all, we're all back to you know, quote unquote normal. Um, you know, there's going to be long-lasting effects on the economy, on people's well-being. Um, mm. You know, it's yeah, it's going to be tough, but I think as an industry, we just have to help but, each other out. This is all we can do.
0: Yeah, let's well, just just keep drinking beer. That's all we can that's do right. in it. Just that's that's the main thing. Just keep stay at home, drink beer. We'll all be all right. <laughs> we'll all be fine. But it, it's but it's, it's, it's probably is obviously at the minute it's harder because it's cold, it's wet, it's miserable outside. Yeah. You know, people who are fortunate enough to be working once they've come home from work you don't want to go outside because it's horrible and then you people are stuck inside they don't want to go out because it's horrible it's just it's just a vicious circle The I minute mean, at least sort of last year it was when the nicer weather was around and we had a fairly decent summer so we could get out and relatively enjoy the outdoors but at the minute we just uh, I've, I've just acquired a, a horrible fortnight addiction which I can't shake at the moment so that's 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 my uh, that's my evenings sort of tied up every day at the moment so I'm looking forward to getting back outside and yeah being outdoors I mean again, I'm, I'm fairly ter- ter- lucky
1: because um where where the brewery is in Woodford um essentially half is outside so <laughs> oh it's not nice mm, in the rain yeah. but uh you know I do get to spend some time outside which is nice um
0: mm. yeah um yeah well this is it and like so people that are real, like I say lucky enough to be working and still interacting with either colleagues or public or whatever at least they are getting outdoors and in a safe manner and sort of That's right. engage you with people, but it's the people that are stuck at home that are the ones that are really going to be impacted, aren't they?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, my, my partner, um, she's, she's obviously staying at home um, with a toddler and he's has uh, been under restrictions most of his life now, um, you mm. know, and, and obviously they're finding it difficult because, you know, you, you can't really go out. There's nothing overly to do. There's, you know, so hopefully some nicer weather will, will improve things
0: fingers crossed mate. fingers crossed um so i'm i'm gonna blind you blindside you with Go a question <laughs> um before we sort of before we sort of look to to wrap up so i, I put it out there see if anybody had any questions on instagram yesterday um so we had one which it would be fairly easy to answer um so the first one was um your beers i think most of them are vegan or are all, all of them vegan, are yeah. vegan yeah so what what's the driving force behind the decision to make me um vegan? so
1: um Andy's vegan when he said the brewery is a vegan brewery um but the other thing is um i just don't like lactose in beers <laughs> uh i just don't like the taste overly so and i think um you yeah. know and if we can make our beer accessible to as many people as possible why not um i don't think mm-hmm. it's a essential ingredient we need to use um yeah, yeah. that's it
0: no. Well, that's, and, that's, and it was easy to answer I, I don't want to <laughs> because we said but yeah it's, it, again it's one of the things that sort of crept in recently is it putting lactose in there which yeah. adds a bit of sweetness a bit of smoothness but like you say there's, there's so many people that have different intolerances yeah. or dietary requirements or through choice now like you say if Andy is is vegan then that, that, that's it, it and at the end of it then if, if you want to make it and it's I think one of the things that people don't understand is obviously that sort of findings and, and what have you obviously is a yes is an animal yeah. product you know so that's that's an also another answer if you don't want to use that then i don't particularly want fish guts in my beer i'm not gonna lie i'm all so many other ways to do things now as well
1: um you know we can use maltodextrin if we want to add sweetness or we can just manipulate our mash temperature and profile which is generally what we do um you know you can you mm. can use different types of findings you know vegan friendly findings or you can just embrace the haze you know uh I think
0: definitely. No, some... I think the haze, the haze, craze is here for a while. Right. I think now into. I think so. I think even
1: <laughs> with cask beers, I think you know, um, you know, you, bre- brewed correctly, you can get your beer to drop pretty much bright, um, without finding. So, mm. uh, you know, that 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 slight little bit of haze, I think, is fine. You know, we've just got to convince people it's it's all right to drink it like that.
0: Yeah, well, it's, it's a, I think I find it's a generational thing, isn't it? Really, from sort of traditional cask beer drinkers or bottle beer drinkers that they they find it hard to come to terms with the, the fact that they can't see through the beer don't yeah. they so but i think that it's a it's an education but i think we're slowly getting yeah, i think also you know
1: all the, all these things you're dropping out of the beer you know you're you're dropping your, your proteins and things out but you're definitely gonna be losing some flavor and aroma to this as well um mm. so why not keep all that good 100%. stuff in the beer
0: mm. yeah definitely mate definitely and the other question that i had um Which has come from Ingle Village, a small sort of brewery that's just setting up. If you had any advice for people that are just setting up a brewery or just starting out, what would that What would your biggest piece of advice be Uh, on why? I don't know if I've got
1: one. (laughs) 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 um, We started too small, Uh, we didn't have enough space, um, and our kit was too small, which invariably when. you know our beers took off uh causes huge problems you know like brewing three times in a day nobody wants to do that that's not fun Mm um you know and you you need way more space than you think you need um you know because you've got to store everything you know you've got to store your malt and then you've got to have your brew kit and your fermenters and then when you've brewed that Mm -hmm. you've got to store that beer somewhere um until you sell it but you also then need to be making your next batch of beer so you actually need quite a lot of space um Mm. So probably, probably those two things. I think, um, yeah, space and um, yeah, just maybe think about if you're thinking of going for a small kit, maybe just think about the future a little bit more. I know it's hard to do that with COVID, um, yeah. But you know, if you know, just think, ask yourself: if demand picks up, how am I going to supply that, or do I even want to supply that? Maybe you don't want to, um, and that's fine. Mm. Um, yeah. Also, I think being having the ability to be uh multi-format has really helped us from the beginning we have always had the ability to can cask and bottle and then we we got the ability Mm -hmm. to can uh, early 2019 um and obviously that's massively helped us in covid because it was fairly easy for us to switch from from large format packs to small pack um Mm -hmm. you know and obviously we're seeing a lot of breweries right now having problems doing that so i think if you can be uh flexible that you know, it is obviously more of a monetary outlay in the beginning and obviously has, you know, a steep learning curve to learn multiple formats of doing things. But I think it would give you an advantage.
0: Yeah. Definitely. And like you say, those those businesses and breweries that have been able to sort of pivot and change change what they're doing ever so slightly, they're the ones that have sort of come out of it better than others, haven't they? So I think that's that's definitely something to, to... Yeah. Be it's kind of it. one
1: of our, our, our core principles is to always be as, as flexible as possible. And, you know, that's in terms of, mm. you know, the things we make, the ingredients we use, you know, down to you know how we sell things and how we package things. Um, just because we, you know, you, as a small business, you need to adapt to survive. Um, so, you know, yeah. and I think 2020 has taught all of us that quite harshly, I think. Um, mm.
0: No, yeah, hundred percent. It's, it's like I say, it's been a harsh lesson, but, there's things to take out from it isn't there yeah, absolutely
1: so, we can only learn from these things
0: yeah and hopefully we'll all come out the other side better for it so fingers crossed but no thanks for that mate i appreciate the uh, sort of blind side of them that's questions right. there i must have i forgot to put it i forgot to put them in the schedule i'm not gonna lie so that's oh, why yeah, i did it so fine. um but yeah but thank you for that so <laughs> i appreciate it um but that that's about it mate so um I appreciate you coming on. I won't take any more time for your your precious, precious weekend. Um, But Steve, for anyone who's interested about finding out more about Three Hills, picking some beer up, what's what's the best places to find uh, find out more about Uh, you guys? So
1: first and foremost, uh, you know, support your local bottle shops. Um, Obviously, a lot of them are doing deliveries. A lot of them have click and collect websites, things like that. So, you know, uh, wherever you are, I'm sure you must have somebody locally. If not, there are loads of other awesome websites online um, that you can get get our stuff from. Obviously, you can also come direct to us as well. I'm not going to complain about that. Um, <laughs> uh, we're on all the socials, you know, Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, uh, Untapped, all that sort of stuff. And we're either Three Hills Brewing or at Three Hills Brew. Um, we're fairly easy to find. Um, yeah, and uh, you yeah. know, if you ever want to ask us anything, just 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 get in touch.
0: Perfect. Lovely stuff, mate. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, if anyone's got any questions, comments, or feedback, uh, please send them to me on Instagram, um, on Instagram, I am points of brew. Um, or please send me an email direct at pointsofbrew at gmail.com. But Steve, thank you very much thank again. You very I much appreciate for it. Fun. I'll speak to it's you soon. No, no, I appreciate it, mate. I look forward to having the rest of the beers. But I'll, uh, I'll speak to thank you thank soon. Excellent. Thank you very much.